Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Coming off of a crazy warm weekend here, at least in southern Ontario. It's like summer outside and uh, kind of sucks for me because I was teaching classes all weekend. I didn't get up to get on the motorbike and go out and do some stuff. I probably shouldn't rub it in that I was outside all weekend and I got my first Thanks. burn of the season. Really? I had someone I had someone today say, hey, you're looking pale. You need some sun. It's like, screw you, man. <laughs> so we got a really cool episode happening today. I'll let Amanda kind of fill you guys in since, you know, that's what she does. All right, then. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda. And we have two guests on the phone today. We have Fatima and Robin, who are both uh, faculty at CCMH. So if you've listened to the episode that we just published, in Cambridge. In Cambridge, yes, faculty in Cambridge. Uh, if you listen to the episode we just published, you're now caught up and know that CCMH Ontario campuses have closed for good. And so we have. I feel weird uh, saying closed for good because I put the title on closed for good and I'm like, hmm, because, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean for good. I'm pretty sure that school has changed ownerships several times over the years and it's probably as closed for, you know, small amounts of time and then pop up somewhere else, right? Well, I think closed for good is the right way to say it right now because. Know. There's there's no plan to reopen, I guess. And if something does happen, awesome. Well, a plan but that we, we know. know. We don't know anything. That's Maybe. true. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we introduce our guests? Let's introduce uh, Fatima first. as She's been on an episode before. So Fatima, just for anyone who didn't listen to your first episode, uh, can you give us a little bit of background about you and an introduction? And then Robin, you can follow right after. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Fatima. I graduated CCMH uh, back in 2000 and... In 2004, I've been practicing since then. Uh, my roles at the college would be uh, instructor, uh, teaching assistant, and then as of late, uh, student services. So I would help with the administration there. All right. And our other guest today, Robin, can you give an introduction about you? Sure. Uh, so my name is Robin. I am a CCMH graduate. I graduated in 2006. Um, I own a clinic in Kitchener called Green Base Health, and I have been an uh, instructor at CCMH since 2015. Um, started as a clinical supervisor, kind of the same pathway as Fatima, clinical supervisor, started as a TA, got at a lead instructor position, and then just in 2019, um, took a role, took an administrative role, and was the, my gosh, what was the title? Admissions coordinator, sorry. Well, my, I don't know. So the, like, <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter at this point. No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just something good for your resume now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had two titles. One was director of admissions and the other one was admissions coordinator. So I think by definition... I was admissions coordinator, but because there was only one of me, I was the director of my own department. Oh, God. On okay. my You're campus. the director of you. <laughs> I am the director of you. Can I ask That's you guys right. a question about teaching at the school that you went to? Was that something when you're in school, you're looking at all your instructors, you're like, yeah, I want to be part of this club one day. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. A hundred percent. All right. Well, let's jump right in then. This question can be for either of you, both of you, one of you, doesn't matter. Um, Wednesday morning, when the email came through to the faculty that CCMH would be closing effective immediately, uh, where were you and initial reaction? My normal routine with that would be I would get up at 7, 7.30, head to the gym in my basement, <laughs> um, and then answer emails. And when I saw Tatum's email come through at 7.30, I read it, and then I reread it. And then I replied to her saying, pretty sure my words are OMG WTF forever? Question mark. <laughs> was this the same email that has been circulating around Facebook? Is that what you got? So what we got was a blurb from Tatum, um, our director, saying um, it's with a heavy heart. And I'm a very, when I see a lot of words, I like to skim because I'm just like yada, 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 get to the point. But I read those words and I was like, oh my God, someone really close to us died. And I was worried. And then she said, you know, along the lines of read the email attached, blah, blah. Yeah, I just I just couldn't believe the words that I was reading. And honestly, it, it kind of did feel like someone close to me died. So, yeah, trying to take that all in and do my workout. And at the same time, students are messaging me because they're getting the same messages. And our students in term four literally were cramming the night before to write an exam that Wednesday morning. It, it was just heartbreaking. So I was in bed, obviously, when I 
got that because I don't wake up and work out like you, you do. You mean you don't hit the basement <laughs> gym at 7.30 in the morning? <laughs> Come on. Um, but yeah, like pancakes? it very definitely, very similar feelings. Like you skim over these emails because you get so many of them and you're just looking for the pertinent information. And then mm-hmm. I realized in that first little paragraph that like there was a lot of, there was a lot that our director was saying in that email, but there wasn't a lot of information in it. So you have to like reread it and be like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, like, I'll read the attachment kind of thing. And yeah, it was very surreal. I was stunned by the information for sure. I was more concerned about this was at like 7.35 or 7.25 in the morning or some early time. And I had to like take a mental inventory of like, what day is today? Today Um, is a weekday. Today is a school day. Teachers and students alike are getting this email 35 minutes before they're supposed to be starting class. So my first instinct was to like, think like, oh my God, who's teaching right now? Or who's supposed mm-hmm. to be teaching right now and reach out to them. And then I, my biggest concern was, do the students know? Or like, what's going to happen? Nobody has any answers. So like, I started texting all of my teaching friends and being like, did you see the email? Did you see the email? Did you see the email? And making sure that everybody knew before they logged into their class that morning. And then I ended up hearing, like, once all the teachers logged into their class, they started their class, they spoke to their class, they didn't actually have a class. They got off and then they all texted me back. They're like, yeah, the students all knew because they got an email, I guess, shortly after or shortly before we got ours. You guys are so much better people than me. I'm not going to lie. I would have not thought of a student. I would have not thought of other staff. I would have thought to myself, holy fuck, I'm out of a job. No, you wouldn't. You sure? Yep. I, feel uh, like I, I don't think <laughs> no, you, you would. Wouldn't. I don't think you would because no. I literally just started to thinking today that I don't have a job. My first time in my life without having a job. But honestly, all last week and all that I can think of is these students that are in limbo. And and I think mostly it's because they're emails that I'm answering. Now they have the, my cell phone number and I'm getting texts and things like that. And it's just, it's heartbreaking that these students are just left in limbo. You spend a year and a half talking these students off the ledge and, you know, pumping them up that this is why they came and they're passionate for this career. And when they want to quit, you're picking them up and, and then this happens to them, you know? So give me a little bit of a background as to like where students were in their program. So we talked to one of the students that had just finished term one. She just started term two. She mm-hmm. also told us that you guys were supposed to have a May start, which obviously didn't yeah. happen. That would have been a term one start. And she was also telling us that I think there was supposed to be an August start as well or something yeah. along those lines. Like where where were the students in their program in the different terms? So the students that were in term four were pretty much done. I want to say they were probably 80 to 90% 90 complete of their actual lecture. Yeah, a few people had told me there was only 20 hours left for them. For their outreach. For their practical, yeah. Yeah, yeah, practical and clinical hours, which are trying to work with the governing body to see if we can get that exempt for them. But we'll see what happens there. Um, so a, a lot of it was us waiting to get back on site to get the hands-on practical, right? So everything that this whole half of this term has been heavy lecture loaded in order just to get that done so that when, when we get back on site, they can just get their hands-on practice and go through everything that we've already learned lecture-wise right. and just get their hands-on work done. So it was kind of like um, professional practice and those types of classes that are all heavy lecture loaded, they were scheduled to be done by next month so that when we get back to school, it's going to be all massage therapy skills and all clinical assessments, like everything that's hands-on component. Right, right, right. So I think that's where their frustration is coming to. They totally manned up and womaned up and really changed their learning style because they're all hands-on learners and and they all changed their learning style to be able to learn virtually, which is super, super cool to see. And so did the instructors. Yeah. You have to be a manual practitioner, a manual therapist to teach a manual skill like massage therapy. And we've got our manual skills and treatments teachers all of a sudden switching to online, like gross mm-hmm. anatomy and palpations in an online platform boggles the mind, like from a massage therapist perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the student we had on, Frances, was saying that her and her classmates were just super impressed with the way that CCMH staff handled the lockdown and made sure that they were getting to do work while they were off, you know, because a lot of schools did just put everything on halt. And you guys really put in the effort, all of the teachers there, to make sure the students were getting what they needed and you were staying in contact with them. And so, I mean, the students were so grateful for the staff that was there. They thought that 
that you guys were doing such a good job. So, I mean, they were all really shocked, of course. I mean, as everybody was, but they were really shocked because they thought, wow, like, look at this school still going when nobody else is. So, you know what? I know, I know it sucks for everybody, but I'm trying to figure out from a student perspective who it sucks for most. Does it suck most that you are almost at the end and you just have a little bit left? Or does it suck that you are just starting term four? You had done one, two, and three, and like you've, you've been in school for so bloody long already, and then it's like, oh man, now what? Because the people at the beginning, yes, I understand, it sucks for them, but you're also just at the beginning, right? Even though you've done a fair bit of your program, but you're at the very end, you can probably get picked up from another school and finish that pretty fast. You know what I mean? So, it's those students that are in the middle that I'm like, where the fuck are you going to go? I think that Francis answered that actually very well when we spoke. I think it depends on each person's life situation. Same thing with the staff. It's like when the lockdown started, there's no way to say who has it the worst because everybody's struggling in some way with something. So in this case with the students, it depends on your life situation. You know, were you in a good financial spot? Did you plan it out just as Francis did where, you know, 16 months of no income? Yeah, I can handle that. But anything more is kind of impossible. You know, do you have kids? Did you leave a job to I'm do this talking, did you get student lo- like there's so I'm many just different talking factors. from the from being a student so for example like yes you will get another school that'll pick you up and they'll they'll try to accommodate you as best as possible and being at the end of your program and only having so many x amount of clinic hours or hands-on hours that's easy for a school to pick up and throw you into do you see what i'm saying but when schools are all operating on slightly different programs and the timing of their courses if i'm a term two student that just finished term two and I was going to start term three and I've done X amount of courses or X types of courses, like I might have a lot of trouble going to another school and having them find a, a decent place. Yeah, for you'll me. likely have to redo a lot. Exactly. Or I'm going to have all these weird timings of classes and because there's material that I've done before that that school is doing. There's material that I haven't done that I got to sit in on. Do you see what I'm saying? So if I, like those, those middle ground students, I feel like those are the ones that are going to be like in the worst position. Well, Robin and Fatima can probably speak to that because I think the students have still been in contact with you guys right so yeah what you guys give us your thoughts what who do you think is going to have a really hard time now i definitely um, think there should be something that's a little bit unprecedented for these students right like what they're going through isn't fair altogether like this whole whole year really but yeah a lot of them are concerned like their biggest concern is they came to ccn CCMH because they want that CCMH diploma. They want the credit from coming to CCMH. It's a totally different program versus everyone's everyone's programs. Um, And I think that's their biggest concern. Also, I've had the ones that are in term four right now saying, I've done all this lecture loaded material. I'm 90% done. Where am I going to go? Are they going to accept the fact that I've already done this? Do I have to do this all over again? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's their biggest concern. Where, who's going to fill in the blanks and who's going to let them that they don't want to go through a prior learning assessment and do it all over again? And I, and I don't blame them. Exactly. So yeah. that, that, you know, that, that's, you know, breaks my heart a little for them, for sure. From my like admissions side of things, mm-hmm. that's very definitely like a, it's, it's going to be easier for the students that have not gotten, sorry, in my opinion, it's going to be easier for the students that have not gotten as far in the program yes. to jump into a new program because like they had a, aside from the, I don't know, however many weeks they've been in their um, new semester, they had a clean end point that they can work off of going forwards. Whereas the term four students that are, were supposed to have had graduated Um, that are just banking on those few hours to get picked up by another school somewhere, they're going to have to enroll into another program. And that's like submitting an application and being accepted. And like Fatima mentioned, a prior learning assessment, like they're going to have to submit all of that information, as far as I know, then be accepted into a program. Like that's why I think CCMH is trying so hard to get things arranged for the students or to like make those accommodations at the Halifax campus and stuff like that to make sure that those students that only have a few hours left can just bite the bullet and do those few hours with a minimal disruption, like to the best of their ability. And then those students that those ones that finished term two and were on summer break they're it's not as traumatic of a situation to get back into another program. Yeah, having to enroll into an entirely new program, you did all of your education through CCMH, knowing that 
you're going to have to enroll into another program to do 20 to 40 hours of practical work and your diploma is going to say a different school name. Mm-hmm. Like it's heartbreaking. I didn't even actually think of it from that angle the other night about yeah, the people, people who only had a few hours left and now their diploma isn't even going to be a exactly. CCMH diploma. A lot diploma. of people choose CCMH because it's CCMH. It's well, not yeah. just purely out yeah. of convenience, right? Yeah. There's, there's tons yeah. of other schools that are super convenient in terms of location mm-hmm. and timing of classes and blah, 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 blah. A lot of CCMH students choose to go there because of the school. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know if all of the campuses, like the, the Toronto campus, the Cambridge campus, Halifax, Victoria, do you guys all run on the same type of schedule, like 16 months if you go straight through, 22 months? I don't even know what it is anymore because I graduated a long time ago. Yeah. 22 yeah, months with a summer break. Everyone does that? Same thing? All yeah. The BC places? campuses, sorry, the BC campuses are different because they have a different governing body. Like right, they need more right, right. hours to be certified. Um, but what's really awesome about the Halifax campus is that their program is identical to ours. And it's a hybrid and, theirs as well. Yeah. So the hybrid program is slightly longer. It's a three to four year program because you have oh. to do all of your online stuff first before gotcha. you get into the practical work. The course outlines that we get at CCMH are the same as the course outlines that uh, sorry, in Cambridge, are the same as the course outlines that the teachers get in Halifax. And like week by week, it's the same. The schedule is the same. Right. As far as I understand, maybe there's a few differences here and there, but the program is the same. And Halifax did that on purpose so that they could produce massage therapy like students that could come to regulated provinces mm-hmm. and do the board exams and make sure that they are getting the best bang for their buck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So. Switching to Halifax is going to be real easy for them if they choose to do that. Yeah, I am like fairly speechless right now. I'm term four. You know what I'm doing, by the way, if I'm term four, I'm saying everyone in term four, let's let's go rent a, a school bus. Let's go rent a cottage. <laughs> let's Seriously, all, let's let's go get yeah. a nice there's, there's vacation exactly. home. And let's all, of them in let's, that class. let's yeah. all like hunker down together and uh, go to Halifax and do our practical. 100% yeah. that's They're what I would be doing. Do that. Yeah, they're ready to do that. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, okay. So what about the faculty there at CCMH? We have you two on the phone. You guys can speak about yourselves personally as well, but I'm sure you've also talked to other faculty members. Um, What are the faculty reactions like? I know, Fatima, you said it took until today for it to really sink in that you don't have a job. Um, mm-hmm. Did anyone see this coming? Is this like blindside no. to everybody? I mean, I completely spent, blindsided. I spent the last two months doing virtual Zoom interviews for students that are ready to start in June. I've done Zoom interviews for students that are ready to start in August. Like, it's just Mm mind-blowing. Like, it doesn't make sense. We have admin meetings every Wednesday with Toronto campus, Cambridge campus together, all on Zoom. We've been talking about what we're doing when we reopen. Who's buying PPE? What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with that? As far as we knew, there was nothing... Out of the ordinary happening. What are the what are the reasons that you guys got for the closure? Because the email that's circulating oh, or the, the letter that's <laughs> circulating circulating is due to financial reasons. Did my reading? Did I remember that right? Did it say that due to financial reasons because of COVID? I didn't. I didn't read the letter. I don't. I don't remember. I that. don't remember the financial part. I just remember yeah, reading I just about remember, COVID. You know, I think me, it was alluded to financial reasons because that's up. what everyone thinks when it comes to COVID. We're all dealing with financial issues. We're all of course we're all self employed massage therapists. Yeah, exactly. So we're that, we're all right? unemployed right now, actually. But um, (laughs) I I know that, you know, we had speculated and it would make sense. And I understand that we had speculated that because of COVID, you know, the one start didn't happen. And it was very unlikely that anyone was going to enroll for the other start. Plus enrollment for massage therapy was already down. So it kind of seemed like a school as big as CCMH and the the mass amount of overhead expenses that they were having, it just seemed like, okay, maybe now's the time to say, let's just stop. And, you know, cut our losses here but um it is it is kind of crazy to think that you guys were just having meetings and everything seemed totally normal and then it was like oh, okay today we're closed yeah yeah that's exactly yeah. what it was totally i even even when this before the spring or summer term would have started so at the end of our winter term um i finished my online practical exam therapeutic exercise and when i was done i actually had a phone call conversation with the president of the college thanking me for my hard work and thanking me for this and how much 
passion I put into the college. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then this. Like, like what What was the point of that phone call? You know what I mean? Like, Well, that's why I, I had understand. said, like, was it, was this a calculated decision or was it a shit, we need to figure something out, else out? Because if they had a, a plan to reopen, you know, Francis had mentioned on her episode that the students were under the impression that they'd be back mid-June. So there was obviously a plan in place to reopen and then circumstances changed. And, you know, maybe this was a circumstances changed and very last minute they decided, okay, we're done. And it wasn't it so calculated. It seemed like after Doug Ford announced that schools weren't coming back. That's that exactly, yeah, that's exactly you know, what I said the other night. Like, because on Friday, we were told Doozy from Toronto was ordering our PPE and Wednesday we're closed. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like, I, it just doesn't make any sense. It's just mind blowing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty mind blowing. Um, so I, I kind of asked, you know, what what the the feelings were amongst the staff, and like I know Fatima, you know, you're just letting it sink in. Robin, where are you at, like emotionally, mentally, like how how are you dealing with this right now, or what are you, what's going through your head right now? I think the biggest thing that's going through my head is the fact that this it's the legacy of it. This has been like a pillar in massage therapy education, and it's just gone now. Like it's bigger than me as a student. It's bigger than me as a therapist. It's bigger than me as a teacher. Like the fact that there wasn't, I don't, and I, again, I don't know that like the money side or the business side of that whole situation, but were there efforts made to potentially find a new owner? Like if it was a financial issue, why not sell it? Why close it? That's kind of like where my emotions sit with it is this place was massive. This was bigger than us as the faculty or the students or whatever. This was a 74 year old school. It was the first massage therapy school in Canada and it's just gone. And I think that like, it's very, very strange. I wasn't directly affected like I didn't lose a teaching job during the summer semester because I took the summer semester off from teaching. I was planning to go back in the fall. But yeah, like I think that there's a lot of teachers that do rely on this as their full-time income and their full-time job. And they absolutely love it. They've been doing it for years and years. And all of a sudden it's gone. So what they had set up, similar to Fatima, like you've been doing like admin and teaching as like your full-time job and your massage practice is your part-time job. Yeah. Now all of these part-time RMTs that were full-time teachers, they can't even look for jobs right now because massage therapy is a non-essential service and we're all closed. Like it's just a big disaster. And I, I really feel for the teachers in that sense. Are the teachers there, are they employees or are they independent contractors? Um, we are uh, contracted employees. Yeah. So, okay, yeah. so everyone's an employee though. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. At least they're eligible. Can I also just job. add, to that as well is that CCMH is the first accredited college in Ontario oh, for massage yes. therapy and we busted our ass for like oh, over a right. year for to the, get that accreditation. The accreditation. We busted our asses for years to get oh that my accreditation. Gosh. And so I came wild. out of that yeah, I came out of that with an ulcer <laughs> after that accreditation. I know. Oh my god. Yeah, we've got so, friends yeah. in the industry like that work for massage therapy colleges and I know the accreditation process was yeah, actually causing like young young healthy people to just deteriorate because it was so much work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really showed the strength of our team too in that like in the administrative team like day after day after day of dealing with like we have to get this done for accreditation. Like it felt like the accreditation was like sucking our soul. <laughs> but we all kept going back every yep. single day and being like, no, I have to get this done. I have a list. And then we all had basically like our punch lists and we we made it. We did it. And I was in hospital the two days before our accreditation survey. Like I had to leave work because my stomach was so I don't know what was wrong with me. Well, I know now, but um yeah, and I was off work the two days before that and I thankfully finished all of my like immediate tasks and relied on the rest of that administrative team to like make sure that like the offices were clean and all of the last minute details were put together. And we passed that accreditation survey with flying colors. At the point, it seemed at the time, sorry, it seemed like it was it was leading to bigger and better things. Mm -hmm. And then now it just kind of it 
it seems like, well, why? Like, that's the big question is, why did we have to do that? Are you still proud of that moment that that you guys had, you guys achieved the accreditation with all the hard work? Or are you now looking back? Oh, my God. Yeah. Fuck, man. That was a big fucking waste of time. No, I think we're very proud. These guys are so optimistic. I like it. You guys are making me smile. You're way more optimistic than me. But you know what? This is also a testament to how much people enjoyed working there because it's like you're not even necessarily like you have no negative feelings towards the school or anything. You're more sad than angry. You're like, fuck, I I, loved that place. I always immediately go to anger first. Like anger sits with me. It jumps in first and it probably lingers the longest. I'm so happy this is on recording because every time I say to you, why are you so mad? And you're like, I'm not mad. That's my face. No, you're so mad. No, it is my face, but I. But that's part of what it is. Like I, I always immediately like if I were you guys, and like Amanda said, no. But I think the first thought would have been like, what the fuck? This I just lost my fucking job. Then of the second thing would have been that. all that fucking work I did for accreditation. What a fucking waste of time that was, right? I would have. Of course, you would honest, think that, but I know honest, you though? so well, and I know oh. that the <laughs> next thing that you would do is you would be contacting yes, every yes, student yes, individually, yes. making sure they're okay. You know, I like I. I see you. I see you every time you're texting with people. I mean, he's got people that reach out to him pretty much anytime they have a problem with anything in life. You make so much time for other people. You would be checking on every student okay, individually. Okay, 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 so yeah, yeah, you can you can 100%. act like you're all mad. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad for them. They're not mad, and I'm mad for them. You're mad for them. I actually, okay. am actually. that's allowed. Well, well last, I feel like we're week, mad for them too. Yeah, a hundred percent. Last week I spent the week cleaning. Like we were told to clean the whole college. We were supposed to do this. Like covid clean and have it super clean so on tuesday i spent the day cleaning the library like i pulled out the couches cleaned all around the computers <gasps> on tuesday everything. and then wednesday so, they yes. closed now i'm wednesday mad morning you. my plan was to take everything off the bookshelves and dust the bookshelves and take the thousands of books off um so when i read that email that's instantly what came to my mind was like Oh my fuck! If I took all those books off and cleaned them, <laughs> and then the next day you closed, I would have lost it. Like, thank God I didn't. You know what I would those. do for you? I would have <laughs> Lily Aldrin Justice from How I Met yeah. Your Mother. Yeah, I would go in and steal all those fucking books. You know what? You're better than me there because you know what I just thought. Man, I'd burn those fucking books. I'd be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh my funny. goodness. This is this but is honestly, beyond. Though, it's the most. The biggest thing was the sadness, right? Like, and the message that I sent to my colleagues was just that, like, honestly, going into CCMH every day to go to work was the best thing that I would feel. You know what I mean? It's like, I could honestly say it was the first job that I've ever had that I loved getting up at 630 in the morning to go to work. Just the family that was there. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, even from Monday to Friday, yeah, Monday to Friday, it's different colleagues that are there and different things. Oh, it's Thursday. I get to see so-and-so. Oh, it's Tuesday. I get to see so-and-so. So it's just, it was just one big, huge family, you know, and we all started our whole email chain with our own emails and personal phone numbers so we can stay in contact. And I truly hope that everybody does. Mm-hmm. I mean, does this taint you for wanting to maybe do stuff at other schools? Like, is that a, not an option anymore? It's like, you know what? I've I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it anymore. Like admissions representative, student services, instructing. Is is that still in the game for you guys, or what's the deal there? Absolutely. Yeah, I would. Still, yeah, I would 100% do that. I mean, I'm gonna miss that. You know, I loved being able to just like, and that's why I went to school was I wanted to give back what I took out of the profession, right? Like, I wanted to just. I guess it was my way of paying it forward to be able to help all these students and see them struggle, but be able to help them, you know, and and make it through. And, and, you know, I always take certain moments when they come to my office and they're crying about something. And then I bring it up to them in grad because I do have this crazy memory where I would remember them crying and then bring it up to them in grad. (laughs) Remember when you didn't want to go through with this and now look at you, you know, like those are the moments that I'm going to miss. And and that's what I struggle with too. Like thinking about, am I ever going to have that opportunity again? I hope I, I hope that I do. You know, but. Well, right now we're all just filled with question marks. You know, there are a lot of massage therapists who are contemplating leaving the profession altogether because COVID has tainted them yep. when they realize how non-essential they were. But then there's a whole bunch of therapists who are like, no, fuck that. I'm going back stronger and I know my clients miss me. And I actually had a conversation with someone this morning about the whole non-essential thing. So he was doing a massive meeting for a large uh, 
a, a large chain company that that does rehabilitation and therapy and stuff. And he was he had a meeting with his his RMTs this morning. And uh, before we jumped on the before we jumped in the meeting, because I was going to do a presentation for them. And before we jumped into that, he was like, "Should we talk about you know this essential and non essential and how RMTs were not in that list and why we might not have been in that list?" And then I brought up something to him that I never thought of before until that moment. And I thought to myself, you know what? Physios were they they were able to do emergency emergency and urgent care. Chiros were allowed to do emergency and urgent care. And you know, massage therapists, we our practice is obviously different. We're with one person in an enclosed space, you know, there's a lot more contact and all the rest of it. But there's tons of overlapping scopes of practice. So maybe it was part of the college's deal to to not to put us on that list of non-urgent and uh non-emergency care because there's overlapping scopes of practice with other professions that can do that stuff. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so right. patients are still able to get that type of body work care that massage therapists were doing, but just through somebody else in a safer way. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that until I told him that this morning. I was like, fuck, I wish I thought about that sooner. <laughs> you just phrased it more elegantly than I have with my <laughs> clients because I have clients constantly in the last couple of weeks. I was saying it's just it's actually given me a little bit of life back because I've had clients calling me and emailing me ever since um, businesses in Ontario have started to reopen. I'm getting all these calls and texts and messages like, are you yeah. are you able to reopen? When are you opening? Do you have a date? And all these people that are super excited and telling me about, you know, all of the issues that I need to work with them on. And, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot of really nice messages, but it's funny because to some of them where I when I have to explain why I'm not able to reopen and I'm trying to explain to them, you know, non-essential. And yeah, I'm not so elegant in saying it. I like, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to die if you don't. (laughs) Not unfortunately, but like you're not going to die if you don't have a massage and not that you're going to die if you don't have your physio or whatever. But um, there's certain people that, you know, their quality of life is going to drastically decline if they don't get any other kind of work. And yeah, I never really thought of it from that perspective where you can still get other professionals. That, that can, can do, do what we're doing. So why put us in the mix when we are in such close proximity for such long periods of time with people? Yeah, that we are. Yeah. And and these clients are sneaky, man. I'm getting so many of them saying, I won't tell anyone. Just let let me come in. Just just me. Just treat <laughs> oh, yeah. me. And I'm I'll like, pay, guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay you under the table. But that's the same type of person <laughs> that might have been tested positive and they wouldn't tell you. Like that, that, yeah, exactly. that you know, if you're going to be sneaky this way, yeah, who's to exactly. say you're not sneaky in every other fucking way? Sneaky, sneaky people. So I had a student contact me that um, I guess one of his clients was putting through insurance claims that he had treated them um, <gasps> at the end of March, at the beginning of April, in the middle of April, in the middle of May. Like, I understand it's hard times right now, but, you know, this poor guy is getting questioned by the CMTO and investigated when he did not treat anybody. It's the client performing insurance fraud. Yeah. Oh, so, boy. It, like, that's a shame, you know? And, and, you know, as much as you love and you trust your clients, nah, <laughs> you know, I'm no, not exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I had one, it was the wife of one of my clients called me and she's giving me the sob story. And I do feel for her. And I, I know what, you know, her husband deals with. He's, he's been a client of mine for a while. And she's like, I just can't see him like this. And he's in so much pain. And I'm really anxious to get him some help. And, you know, she's giving me all of these things and said, it's mm-hmm. not that I don't want to help him because believe me the minute i'm allowed to i am going to skip with my masks to the clinic and i'll be i'll be working on people like trust me i want to go back yeah. to work and just um, drive just drive <laughs> i want to run and skip and <laughs> sing but you know and as she's telling me all this and you know she's trying to I, I can't remember how she worded it but almost like you know you know you can trust me we would never do anything to get you in trouble we're just you know we're desperate i think she even used the word desperate and i thought the same thing it's not that i don't trust you but i also am not about to even if even if I knew that you're going to keep it a secret I'm not about to do anything to jeopardize my health my safety my career like it's it's not worth it at all I will wait for the green light and you guys are going to have to wait too yeah Yeah. that's right I think that like for them if they commit insurance fraud or whatever they lose their insurance we could lose our license and be yeah. criminally charged like there's a big difference and there's a big difference and, exactly. and I think I think clients don't see that when they say things like oh I'll pay you in cash if you give me like a discount, don't give me a receipt and, or mm-hmm. like, let me claim it myself or whatever. Like they don't, they see their side of it and they don't see the fact that this has greater repercussions for us as regulated health professionals. Yeah. And I mean, you, you can't fault them for trying, right? You got to shoot your shot. 
<laughs> it's always a no until you ask. <laughs> right? They can ask as long as we are keep reminding them the answer is going to be no. So you can ask yeah. it in all the different ways and languages you know, but no. <laughs> Give me your fondest moment at your former place of employment. You're going to make them both cry. My God. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, jeez. There's so many happy moments. <laughs> I don't, I can't think of any. Like, uh, my brain is just filled with like a million happy moments. <laughs> okay, maybe not even necessarily a moment then. What was your favorite thing about working at CCMH? Again, so many things. Uh, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> um, I really love being a teacher. Like, even when I was in school, there were like moments that, so I was a dance teacher. I started as a dance teacher when I was 16. Um, and did that for 13 years. And then that overlapped with massage therapy and stuff like that. So there were even moments in, like while I was a student in school that I would find myself teaching someone or something like just whatever, like whether it's a client doing home care in the student clinic or I used to study with a friend of mine who would be um, she was in pre-health at U of W while I was in massage school and we would sometimes be on the same page in like physiology or whatever. And I would understand a concept and that person wouldn't. And I would just kind of explain it it's a little bit differently. So I've always loved being a teacher of things. Um, and I always say like, teach it to me first and then I can go teach it to a class. And that's what I loved about teaching is sharing the stuff that I learned and especially the tips and tricks. Like you can follow a syllabus or you can follow like the curriculum, but it's the little tips and tricks and like personal stories and stuff like that, that really make you a great teacher. So I'll miss that from working there for sure. Yeah. I mean, you can be a great massage therapist, but there are definitely some people who just know how to teach and know how to present material and know how to engage a group of students. So if that's something you're really good at and you really love it, then, yeah, I mean, I always loved teaching as well. My first career was as a personal trainer. And when I reflected back on what I enjoyed about that, it was just teaching people things that I knew and they didn't. And it, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, and the students teach you tons of things as well. Like I remember the first class going online to Zoom, like teaching on, we actually were teaching on Microsoft Teams, but um, going online and doing that, like I had no idea. I knew how to log in. I didn't know what to happen if there was a problem. But the students were like, oh, don't worry about it. Give me two minutes. And then they like fixed whatever the issue was themselves. And that's like that was a recent thing that I had as a student teaching me stuff. But very definitely, like even when I was a TA and just starting off at CCMH, like I didn't I couldn't remember what things were like. And the students teach just as much as the teachers do in a way. Did you guys have any international students at your campus? We had one currently that is like I want to say she started term two. I think she was in Francis's class. That's got to be even tough for that too. I didn't even think of the international students. Well, I don't know the ins and outs of how it works to be an international student and how much time you can be here and how much time you can be in school. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of it. It just seems complicated to me. Yeah. And I can imagine how something like this fucks it up big time. Mm-hmm. Does being an international student in a moment like this really fuck things up for them or I don't know? I'm sure it would, I'm sure it would mess anybody up. So it messes them up from a student perspective and that their school is no longer there. I don't know the entire, like the rules of like, you have to move back to your home country immediately. But like, it's going to very likely the same of any, like if an American was here, they would have to go back to America for like social distancing and making sure that they're repatriated. What is that word? It's first time. Repatriated. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just as devastating as if you're a a local student. Yeah, for sure. Fatima, what was your favorite part about working at CCMH? Oh, I've had so many favorite parts. Part of being um, student services, I was in charge with Robin, she was my helper, um, to kind of build community in in the school. So we would do a lot of like um, pajama days or Oktoberfest and have little sausage party Mm -hmm. get together. The bake sale was really good. You know, Mark's just giggling because you said sausage party. Like just literally giggling. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that after I said it. Maybe someone will make a YouTube video of me rapping about a sausage party. I don't know. Maybe they will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the, these sort of things, those are the things I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss being a mom to like a hundred students that would yeah. come 
into my office all the time. And I remember that from when we visited you at the campus, that you were like the campus mom. Like everybody would go to you crying. And well, you've already mentioned it today. You'd have to talk people off the ledge. Massage school can be very intimidating. It can be really difficult. And it's hard sometimes to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you need someone to keep you focused and direct you back that way. And I think that was... That was your role there to keep everybody from losing their shit. Yeah. And I loved every second of it. And I'm going to miss going into the staff room and seeing all my colleagues. And if someone's sitting on the couch. The staff room is a fun place. Yeah. Someone's sitting on the couch in the staff room. I'm sliding in beside them and making them feel uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm doing all those things. I'm that friend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm that friend. I spooned Robin on the couch. Yeah. I do those things. Well, yeah, a building full of massage therapists. Nobody understands personal boundaries, right? (laughs) No, there isn't. Consent is, you know. You already have implied. consent, so it's fine. It's yeah. implied. Consent is implied. You're an RMT. I'm an RMT. I'm just going to touch you. It's fine. <laughs> That's it. I do remember also when we visited the campus, it it just had a really good vibe. I had never actually been in the Toronto campus where it is now, so I can't speak for Toronto, but the Cambridge one, it was just such a good vibe. We came there to record with Fatima. I don't even remember what month it was now. Yeah, that was a while ago. It was a while ago, but um, at the end of it, we got a whole tour and we got to meet different staff and we got to meet a lot of the students and go into the classrooms and it just had such a good energy there and uh yeah so I, I think that's part of why I felt so sad I mean I would have been sad for you guys anyway but when I heard that news on Wednesday I just remembered being there and I'm like it was it was such a great school it was such a great place to yeah. be mm-hmm. yeah and when I do interview the students I do their educational interviews before they start school and one of my questions is why why did you choose CCMH there's so many different schools you can go to why are you coming here and they and that's what they say. It's like a family when I walk in this building. And they see that. Like they would see that right from the get go. They would mm-hmm. come in for like info sessions or they would come and be student for a day. And those those people get that right from the very moment they step into the school. Like they're not they haven't applied for the school yet. They're thinking about it. They would walk into the school, we set them up in a classroom to be a student for a day, and then by lunch they know everybody's first and last name. They like made associations based on like oh my hometown is this and I have this type of pet and they've got like three people's phone numbers so they can text and ask questions before they start the program like very definitely no matter who you were you were always welcome and everybody everybody made an effort to make sure that new people were welcomed and if you were struggling if it was your first night in clinic all of the upper term students would go out of their way to Make sure that like, oh, this is how you set your table up or this is how like this is where you get your file from. And don't worry about that because this person will hand you that piece of paper before you need it and stuff like that. Like very definitely like a huge team effort made by everybody at CCMH. And you could feel that in the hallways for sure. Just listening to this, um, you know, we've talked about the fact that CCMH is leaving a legacy and it was the first school. And listening to this, at least a positive that's coming out of this is CCMH is leaving everybody with a good feeling. Like nobody has anything negative to say about the school. They loved it. And if and when somebody maybe does decide to reopen, like if this ever happens again, maybe even under a different name, they can have some big shoes to fill by the sounds of it. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) And and that's what I want our students to take away from it too. It's like the president of the college isn't CCMH. We are all CCMH. So CCMH might be closed, but it's not forever gone. Like we will always represent CCMH and mm-hmm. especially like again a lot of them come to us for OSCE prep because we're one of the only comp- campuses that does that and I and I've promised them all if they need help with their OSCE prep to come to me I've already mm-hmm. had a few of them contact me so yeah, that'll that'll be happening for sure. I'm not. You guys might have a whole private that. tutoring business after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take away from you guys because I know you guys do that too. But. <laughs> there's there's room for everybody, Fatima. We are non-competitive people. I don't, you know, I never feel that anybody is taking anything away from us if they're going to jump in and do something. Hey, if someone can do something better than I can, be my guest. I'll do it. Got a girl. That's right. You know, we talked about how everyone's got this positive uh, feeling about CCMH, nothing negative. And there was, oh, I just wanted to say, um, when I listened back to myself talking on the first episode we did with the student, Francis, and, you know, at that point, it was all very new. And you had just mentioned, you know, CCMH is not just the president, it's everybody. Um, 
in the president's defense, none of us really know why he did it. And I have to say that um, on the first episode, I was kind of like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I think I gave off that kind of impression. And, um, you know, we we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened behind the scenes. So in his defense, I'll be a little bit more graceful and say, I'm sure he had his reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I'm sure he did. Do you want to know what happened there? Are you curious or it doesn't even matter? Absolutely. Totally. Of course, I want to know. Sure. <laughs> I feel like I'm entitled to know, and I'm sure Robin feels like she's entitled to know. I feel like it's I'm entitled ridiculous. to know. Is that the general yeah. consensus with the staff? Is like we're we're entitled to know what's going on here, what happened here? Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's where the anger came from, too. And I think, you know, when everybody initially their response was probably anger because his letter was maybe a little bit vague, you know, due to COVID. Well, what does that mean? You know, and people wanted to know. And I think a lot of them, too, are like his last line there. Good luck with your pursuit in massage therapy or however it went. But a lot of students quoted that last line to me. Stab me in the heart. Seriously. Yeah. Like punch me out. Like, what the heck? Mm. Why would you say that to them? Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of people were kind of like, you know, was this a a last minute thing? Was it calculated? Because it just seemed... The letter, I think, rubbed people the wrong way. But as Francis said, regardless of how it was written or what the sign off was, the message is the message is the message. I don't think a letter like that with that content to it could not rub people wrong. It's impossible to not get rubbed the wrong way. Because again, he couldn't have given you notice because even giving you notice, you're still pissed. Right. It's it. it yeah. There was really no right way to do this. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the initial episode, I was like, oh, I sound like I'm, you know, biting this guy's face off who I've never met. So maybe I will step back a little bit. And I'm sure he had reasons. And I do hope for the staff that you guys do get some answers because it's it's like breaking up with somebody. It's like if you don't have the closure, oh, yeah. you feel like, what the fuck? Like what went yeah, wrong yeah. here? And for these students, like they want their files. They want to start all like they want to start looking to where are they going to go next and and they don't have their files because we were basically kicked off the campus, you know, and that's not fair. If we would have had warning, we could have had everything properly ready for them, for them to move on with their lives and set up their next chapter, wherever that's going to be. But Mm -hmm. um, to be, to be frantic and to be not knowing and to have all these questions and here we are like begging the landlord to let us in to get their files. And it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with the area. Are there other massage schools relatively close close by or no? Is is this mean people got to travel now to go to school? I mean, there are some, like, there's a Westervelt in Kitchener and a mm-hmm. Trios. I think Trios is in Brantford. So, like, within, I don't know, 40 minutes of Cambridge. Mm, okay. Like, some yeah. of them commuted anyways. One lady would drive in from Welland every day. Right, because it's CCMH. In the snowstorm. Because yeah. it's CCMH, though, like because Mark said. CCMH. Yeah. She would drive 90 minutes in a snowstorm. Just like there's going to be people that go to Nova Scotia because they do, they want to stay with CCMH. There's going to be people yeah, that I'm are telling like, you, I would, I would, I would, I would get all my term four buddies together. Let's go rent a massive van and let's go get some tents and we're going to pitch tents in the forest. Except, if you, except if you have a family, you're not going to like right, bring your right, kids right. and your, your spouse <laughs> along with you. <laughs> Jeez, you guys Short just term. ruined it. Ruined it for me. Uh, we had students driving from Milton area and Georgetown to come to the Cambridge campus instead of the Toronto campus because they liked it better. Like people love CCMH and I think people love CCMH Cambridge. Mm. I mean, people love CCMH Toronto as well, but like we very definitely had something very special at CCMH Cambridge. Well, yeah. And some people just really hate Toronto. We've learned that <laughs> over the last yeah. few years that some people are like, what? You guys are in Toronto? We're not coming. <laughs> I was on the program advisory committee for CCMH and every other meeting we'd have to go to Toronto and I loathed driving to Toronto because they always started at 9.30 in the morning. So yeah, nobody likes driving in Toronto. At 6.30 in the morning to get Honestly, to Toronto. Honestly, it's, it's also that part of town where the Toronto campus is. It's, it's busy. It's not the most convenient place to get to by car. No. Right. Yeah. Can I add one more thing? Just talking about or what um, Amanda said about the president and that we're all sitting here claiming that, like not claiming, we have, we've lost something. We've lost a major thing. We've lost jobs. We've lost, like students have lost their education and stuff. But from a business perspective, so I'm a business owner, I would be devastated if I lost my clinic. So I still have sympathy for 
the owner of the school because 100% he lost something too yeah he lost something just as important as we did so yeah and that's why I said I I kind of yeah well that's why I said I kind of had to backpedal after I listened to myself on the initial recording I was like oh maybe I was just just angry in the initial recording like it just it sucks and there's no fault to be laid anywhere no like it sucks for absolutely everybody in the whole fucking thing yeah and there's really no finger to point it always feels better when you can point a finger at something and be like that was it but this scenario at least from and I know nothing about anything ever so and I know even less about this but it's in this scenario it's like it appears like there's no finger to point anywhere so you're just left with your fucking finger and I think that's a major lesson of 2020 (laughs) everybody's realizing that we can all fight with each other we can all point the finger we can all say I have it worse I have it worse you don't understand you don't no 2020 has taught us that some things are completely out of our control and we just have to Sit back and focus on the things we can control and try not to spiral into a very, very dark place. Like this year has been something I thought I would never, ever experience in my entire lifetime. Like this this year almost seems like there's, you know, a four-year-old putting on a puppet show and I'm one of the characters. Like it's fucking weird. <laughs> four-year-old putting on a puppet show. Whoever this this kid is that's putting on this puppet show, please stop. I've had enough. Yeah, I, know, I know Cartman from South Park is not four years old, but I pictured Cartman Cartman doing this. Can you do the Cartman voice? No, I'm Come not. On, just I'm do absolutely not doing just, it. Just, no. just a little nope. bit. Not doing I did it. Beavis and Butthead on this thing for you. Can you do it just a little bit? I can't do this on the spot. Okay, by the way, just in case anyone who's listening wants to understand this argument, Mark discovered years ago, we might have been drinking, we might not have been sober, that I <laughs> could do a somewhat accurate uh, Cartman from South Park impression. <laughs> and I've never seen him laugh so hard in my life. But um, I think I is, need to hear this. Oh my God. Yeah, let's oh. listen to it. Okay, wait, what Come am on. I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> well, if 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 Cartman is the four year old doing the puppet show here on twenty twenty, oh, now, now I have to remember how he sounds. I'm I'm not a twenty four year old anymore. I haven't watched <laughs> South Park in like a decade. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know what? I will do this sometime. I don't think I could do it now. Okay, I don't we'll, think I we'll, can. We'll let it slide this yes! time. <laughs> you're, opening, you're opening up the you next episode of Cartman. Amanda. Exactly. Yeah, I'll watch an episode of South Park later, and at some point, I'll do my Cartman impression. Don't worry. <laughs> Is there anything else that we want to talk about with this whole thing? I mean, really, we just kind of wanted to get reactions of the staff, how you guys were feeling, you know, what you were thinking about your next steps. And I think you guys kind of answered that all pretty well. But is there anything else that you wanted to talk about on this episode? Um, I think just encouraging the students. Like, I posted a thing on Facebook that I said, don't let, I don't remember what it was, something like, don't let the challenge of taking the next steps be what deters you from taking those steps. And that, that like, that's, I think, a really good message and that I don't think that, like, it's going to be hard. The whole next steps are so unknown and that's true for everybody in the world right now. Yeah. And just being afraid of what the future is, is not a healthy perspective. Like, just go into it, just make a decision and go forwards and hope for the best. I really love that advice. And I think that's how um, I've handled the pandemic. And I think a lot of people did. The beginning phases where we were all in shock and unsure what was going to happen. Everybody kind of just sat on their ass for a little while, not wanting to make any decisions. And once it got, you know, longer and longer, and longer and we realized things aren't going to look the way they did before then everybody started planning and no it wasn't easy like mark's been you know teaching live stream courses over zoom it's fucking hard but we had to make a plan and we had to do something so yeah for all the students take your time to feel what you're feeling and then know that the next steps are going to be a little bit challenging but if you make a plan, you can do it. Absolutely. I like the motivation here. Yeah. It's, you guys are really positive. It's, you it's guys nice. are very it's positive. Really nice. And uh, our guest, you know, the other night was super positive too. It's really, for me, because I, like I said, I go to anger first and I live there for a little bit. It's really nice to hear that. It makes me think, man, maybe I've been doing it wrong for so fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you, you mad, bro? focus on what's in your control, right? So if it's yeah. not in your control, that's it. you can't dwell on it. Just focus on your Absolutely. moving forward and what's in your control. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys both so much for having a conversation with us. And I think a lot of people, a lot of the students, a lot of the staff will be really happy to hear your voices and hear from you guys. And hopefully it'll be motivation for everybody else who's been stuck in this shitstorm to try to think positively and know that something good can probably come out of this. For sure. And do me a favor, if and when you ever get answers, please, please give us a call. <laughs> give us a call. Yes. 
for sure. All right. I think that's a wrap. Cool. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. You can uh, go back to lifting weights and uh, playing with dogs and uh, tanning and whatever whatever <laughs> else happens in Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo area. I don't know. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's about it. That's about it? Yeah, that's, all, that's all there is here. Yeah. Well, then yeah. maybe I need to move because all of those things <laughs> sound great except for lifting weights in the basement. All right. Oh, come on. Come hey, on. Hey, we talked about that. I passed that life a long time ago. That's not my lifestyle anymore. So, But yeah, I can appreciate it that it's yours. <laughs> but thanks Shake for hanging it up out. a bit. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Amanda. Right on. You guys have been listening Bye. to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.